Hi, Lauren. Hi, Sam. Are you ready to talk about little children? I am, because after all, we are the Watchers of Movies. When I asked you if you were ready to talk about little children, it felt like we were just going to have a discussion about, <laughs> like, kids. <laughs> I just love little children. Yeah, <laughs> <Randomly>. <laughs> yeah no, I, I know. It's it's kind of funny mentioning this movie to people, because I'm like, have you ever seen little children? And they're like, yes. And I'm like, no, it's a movie. And they're like, oh, no, do I haven't. Do people actually do that? No. Okay. <laughs> It's never happened. Like, that's like Evan Costello with Jason. <laughs> like, no, little children. Yes, I have seen little children all there's, over the place. There's no show named, what does she say, Laura? Ingram? Laura, there's speaking, no show named Laura Ingram. <laughs> speaking of little children, I've been watching uh-huh. the, um, so the Great British Bake Off has mm-hmm. a junior bake off. Oh. It's like British children. And it's the cutest train wreck because like the kids are legitimately talented but they're not nearly as refined as the adults so most of their bakes are just like a mess and just just a wild time and the kids are they're so cute because they have little british accents of course and so there's this one her name is fern and she's 10 years old and she's making a cake and it's like doctor shaped and she's like i'm making a stethoscope and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) so like British children can say anything, and it's just adorable. <laughs> but the um, thing ever. Oh my gosh, there's like there's this montage in the last episode I watched of just all kinds of kids trying to put stuff in the freezer and their cakes and stuff just falling on the ground. So the oh, no. the judges on the show almost. Let's say eighty percent of the time, anything they taste test has probably hit the floor at some point in its life. <laughs> anyway, it's really fun. I really like watching. I like the British baking show. That sounds show, adorable. So glad that there's something to watch. Is it Paul Hollywood and Prue? No, the the judges and the host are are totally different. But one okay. of the judges, I can't remember his name. Liam, I think he was on one of the seasons. He was okay. a contestant. Oh, interesting. Um, he was and, on the Great uh, British Baking Show yes okay yeah and uh so it's fun it's on it's on the flicks night and night uh, night nice it is night nice it's fun if you're a fan of the british it is night out show, that's true i think that you'd be a fan of i probably would it. yeah yeah there's a joke that nick swartzen did like way a long time ago where he's talking about how he doesn't want to have like just a regular american kid but a british kid would be cool he's like daddy i went wee wee and me britches he's like oh british kid <laughs> that's like emily blunt has it's like a clip that's been floating around the internet for a couple of years so it's it's not like new or exciting information but she married john krasinski and she was talking about how her kids have started having like an american accent where her daughter's like can i have some water and she'd be like it's water and the kid is like water <laughs> so she's like disdainful and killian murphy was on an episode of Arm- armchair expert recently and he's Irish. Oh, that's Dak Shepard, right? Yeah. The the podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he's Irish. And him and his wife moved, lived in London for a while. But they moved back to Ireland, I think he said, because his kids' accents were getting too posh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, whether that's real or not, I liked that as a reason to, like, leave England. <laughs> they they uh, received pronunciation is what the, the posh <laughs> accent is called, actually. 
That's I did, cool. Just in case you didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's yeah, cool. I had to look it up. The it, RP is like a yeah, oh, received really? pronunciation. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. The, the posh, like, that's what, like, you know, Kate Middleton sounds like and everything. So, mm-hmm. not like Adele. Adele does not sound like that. Girl, Adele's you don't like, have to tell me. <laughs> You're like, Adele. Like, I, the first time I heard her voice, I was like offended that she didn't sound like how she sounds when she's singing. I was like, how dare she sound like that when she's talking? Like that a is chimney sweep? a horrible <laughs> accent. Yeah, I was like, no really offense cockney. to all of our listeners in Liverpool. <laughs> cockney accents, yeah. So, um, one other thing Mike and I have been watching uh, it's a documentary series on Disney Plus called Light and Magic. Oh, and it's awesome is it's it? about how george lucas started industrial light and magic oh and i didn't know that he started that the first few episodes we've watched we haven't watched the whole thing so so far it's star wars centric where it, it um is talking about how they created the special effects for the original star wars movies i don't know if they expand because we haven't finished a series yet but it's awesome you don't even like don't get hung up on the star wars aspect if anybody listening is like i don't like star wars like if you just like movies watch it because it's yeah. amazing it's so cool to watch well and then none of it was cgi it was all like just practical effects right well a lot of it was practical practical effects with like maybe a little digital okay. helping in there but not much because it's like the 70s and early right. 80s but george lucas i didn't realize this but he was like really into like anything digital that can be digital so um, but most of it was practical or film mm-hmm. or matte painting. You know, it's like... I love practical it's effects. A, it's amazing. Just like you put all these geniuses together and they make these awesome things. And there's so much archival footage, which I absolutely love. I, I can't get enough of archival footage. And these people were smart enough to just record things. And, you know, and um, it's awesome. I think it's it's the art of movie making it's really good i should check that out yeah Yeah. because i like i remember seeing um how they created rivendell rivendell right is that what it's called well it depends on what you're talking about (laughs) if you're talking about lord of the rings are you talking about lord yes okay good (laughs) what is the other one well i don't know you could have been talking about anything <laughs> For a long time, I confused Rivendell with Riverdale, and I was like, that's oh. the same name, right? That's the same name, right? Really? Like, right. You thought Riverdale was about <laughs> no, 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 like the names oh. are very similar. I see. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, They're the same. like, that's the same name, right? I was like, but I didn't ask any like fans because I knew I was wrong, so I was like, I'm mm. just going to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I was really wrong. Think I didn't ask anyone. Whoo! <laughs> because that would have been embarrassing. Yeah, it's a good thing that no one knows about that. Yeah. And you kept like, it a secret. I know, you know, and it's still a secret to this day, so <laughs> yes. except for whoever's out there listening now knows it's a shared secret between all of us. Just We're, don't now we all have, anyone. We all have, we all have more bonding. <laughs> exactly. We are closer than ever together. So, um, so yeah, you saw how they made it, and it was cool. Yeah, well, it, yeah, okay. So there was that was I was like totally getting off. Um, yes, you were. Yes, that's why I think I have ADHD. Derailing. Like I did the, <laughs> did the, I did right. the assessment today, and hopefully they will be like, "Yes, you do," because I sure feel like I got it. Anyway, um, yeah, no, it was like um like a little miniature uh, set that they had, and and I thought that was like 
that's so fucking cool like the time and effort they took into making this thing and then you know there's the obviously the added cgi but still the fact that it was like partially practical effects was like really fucking cool that Big they time. did that yeah so yeah i appreciate it you know mm-hmm. i love i love practical effects i think it's a dying art and i think relying on cgi is a bad decision but it is what it is you know we can only do as much as we can do and if the only thing we can do is tear apart terrible movies then by all means we'll just keep doing it we're just gonna do it forever <laughs> yes it's a labor of love it is a labor of love i agree so you want to talk about the songs now yeah so i have like a little mini topic and the mini topic is if you could make a song into a movie what song would it be and what would the movie be about so do you want to go first or you want me to go first? i think you should go first okay so i have two so i'm going to do the one um that I'm least crazy about first. <laughs> and that is the uh, Wish you knew, wish I Knew You When I Was Young by The Revivalists. You know that song? That's a fun song. Yeah. And so my mom pointed something out to me that really bummed me out. Because <laughs> the entire time I was like, wow, this song sounds like it's magic. Right? So like there's a line that's, um, we stayed until the city till the stars lost the war. And my mom was like, right, because the sun came up. And I was like... <sighs> Oh my god, here I am thinking like the stars were some kind of like magical creature that were like fighting the celestial war. So this is where my idea came from. Okay. That's a that's an elaborate jump. It is, but, but that's, I appreciate that's it. how my mind works. It's open to interpretation. I like it. Right. So my idea is that uh there is a a city and there is a celestial war going on in the city okay so there's the stars they're the good guys and they're essentially like angels and then i called them the hyades is what i decided to name them and they're essentially demons but i didn't want to like bring the christianity aspect into it so <clears throat> there is a uh, so this celestial war this time around the stars lost so the stars lost the war you know and the hyades <laughs> have taken over <laughs> what <laughs> i like that you're explaining it to me i'm sorry keep going so um so what this war like a football game right <laughs> so that person just scored yeah if you didn't see that in the crowd cheering just out of context <laughs> yeah. anyway so uh so the war is basically over how they're going to treat the humans and the hyades want to like enslave the humans not enslave them but they want to use them and the stars are like you can't can't do that that they're living creatures <laughs> you know what i mean like you can't do that and so the star they're they're both actually of the same species but they have since divided due to their different like you know uh beliefs and so they're like thousands of years old that's why it's like a celestial war because you know yeah um <clears throat> So it is about a young guy who is a human, but he's joined the Heides as kind of like a, I don't know, like a familiar, I guess you could say, kind of like a, like he doesn't have a lot of opportunities, so he's doing what he has to do in order to survive. And that happens to be being part of, why are you smiling? <laughs> I mean, it happens to the best of us. Right. So um, I can't remember the actor's name that I cast. Hold on, let me. Oh, were we supposed to cast them? Um, you didn't have to, but I, I, si- I decided to. So. Okay. I didn't, just to... Okay. Just to get you excited about 
sorry. Less information on my part. <laughs> okay. I did not cast it. Okay. Um, so Siraj Sharma. Siraj Sharma. He was in Life of Pi. Oh, the yeah. main character? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the trailer for that movie, so I know who you're talking <laughs> he about. He was, he's super cute, but I was thinking, I wanted an Asian actor, and he's Indian, so I figured that, like, like and I was thinking, like, Henry Golding, but Henry Golding is, like, too smooth and charismatic, and I wanted someone that looked like they were, like, maybe in their, like, late 20s, and looked like they maybe had just a little bit of a rougher life, you know, and I felt like Henry Golding looked way too put together for that. Yeah, and he I was could al- be like the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Not and I was like also a peon thinking in the army of the devil. Right. I was yeah. also thinking John Cho, but then I was like, he's too old. I love John Cho. I think John Cho is super cute, and I really like his stuff. You don't love him enough to cast but him in your movie. <laughs> he's too old. He's too old for the role. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> so, okay, so then there's a woman, and that's going to be Zoe Kravitz, and oh. she's a star, but she's a young she is star. A star. She is. So, but she's a young star so she's only like a couple hundred years old so they meet and they and she's like you know i wish i knew you when i was young and they kind of like have a little romance going on and so then it's basically like they're do they have like a weird half breed offspring uh no i don't think that gets that far oh so it's not twilight no 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 (laughs) it's basically about them trying to fight and win the war so but he they're on opposite sides right but he's not he's like i think he's the type of character where you really empathize with him because he had like a shitty upbringing so when he gets the opportunity to go good i guess he takes it oh okay. yeah so he yeah. switches like sides. he's not like a bad person inherently he's just he just doesn't have a lot of opportunities or access to opportunities so he takes what he got and that was through the Heidi's essentially so that's my idea that's it that's cute yeah I'm uh I really like that song and I every time I'd think about that that line that we stayed up in the city till the stars lost the war and I love that line so much and then my mom ruined it (laughs) because the sun came out i feel like the person who wrote the song ruined it for you (laughs) now is my mom you know what though if you meet the songwriter Uh and he says no this was supposed to be about a celestial battle well then you you have no choice but to be with that person like your soulmates oh my gosh that's right Mm -hmm. yeah if you're out there guy who wrote that song (laughs) you could probably find it pretty easily i could but i won't (laughs) okay so what's your idea so I want to take you back. Okay. Back in time. Do you want to cast it before you started or what? Like in your mind? No, you, I'm no. not going to. Okay. I feel like it I would it would be cheap because I would have to think of them in a short span of time. Okay. So. Mine just usually like click. Well, you know. How's bragging camp? It's <laughs> actually really great. I went horseback riding mean, the other day. <laughs> I could describe what No, I'm not going to cast them. Okay, okay. Because you'll see. Okay. So I want to take you back in time. Okay. Uh, to little Samantha in okay. the year 1997. Okay. Uh, how old was I? Probably too old to be 13. not embarrassed about this story. 13? I was 13 years old. Okay, yeah, because I'm three years younger than you. Okay. Yeah. So I, you always forget, I always forget that we're not the same age, though, to be fair. Yeah. So, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you. Jeez. I didn't know I was beholden to you. But <laughs> so... In 1997, there was a song that was playing on the alternative rock station in Grand Rapids 
not the normal type of music mm-hmm. that I normally would have gravitated towards, nor the kind of music that I would guess would be playing on the rock stations. But it was a song called uh, The Mummer's Dance by Lorena McKennett. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking Yeah, it's like uh, very like new agey, right? It's very like kind of medieval y. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's kind of like an Enya song. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, that song really captured. No, I want to listen to that song now. We're going. <laughs> well, which do you want to do? Listen to the song or hear my story? <laughs> I mean, no. can we do uh, both? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that song captured me as a 13-year-old girl. And I had a, a slight obsession with medieval times when I was around that age. Totally same. I was yeah. really into like medieval dresses and medieval like shoes and castles and medieval stories and and um which maybe every kid goes through. I don't know, but I was going through that phase when that song came out. And the I'm, reason Wait, I'm, let me interrupt you. I'm going through that now but with the Victorian age. <laughs> yeah. Same idea. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, and I also fancied myself a, a, stra- a struggling fiction writer okay. as well. And um, so I became obsessed with a story that I saw whenever I heard that song. Like, I played out this story. Totally so it. I thought that I would entertain the audience okay. of our listeners with a little story that 13-year-old Samantha probably... And I'm, I probably wrote iterations of that story for, like, the next two to three years really i mean i didn't let go of it for a while i tried but you know i'm just like you gotta have passion to be a writer and i guess i didn't have the right kind of passion because i would start and then i'd always just like give up after i like you know like yeah anyway. i do the same damn thing i come up with a story i come up with an idea and then i'm like oh and then i have to write it never mind <laughs> so my story is set in medieval times okay and um, she has a lyric in the song, and I think she says, when the fiddler plays, but the story that I wrote was always tired, titled, Where the Fiddler Plays. Oh, okay. And the story was about, um, a, well, I'm going to use the word princess, but I think that's such a prissy word. She was like a medieval princess, but she wasn't like prissy. She was like cool and down to earth. Okay. And, you know. And uh, she was, you know, probably going to be married off as a pawn or something, but she means... Now, granted, this is written by a 13-year-old, so it's a little bit sensational, so, <laughs> but um, she meets, like, a, I don't know, like, an archer or a knight or some common peasant, and, um... You can marry a peasant as, only a prince. <laughs> as I, uh, as I told you in our Romeo and Juliet episode, his name was William, <laughs> which was the name I used for almost all my male characters. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I use Rodrigo a lot for my male characters because it's like one of my favorite names. So, and, um, so they they meet and they like have a little romance, and she's gonna run away with him. Ooh. And the 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 crux is they're gonna meet in the village at this place in the village where there's a fiddler that's always oh, playing. Okay. And uh, so that's where they're gonna meet, and that's the story. Um, and I'm not even kidding. If I if I still had I know I have some notebooks from my childhood. I don't think I have all of them, but I bet any notebook that you picked up from my childhood, if you flipped into it far enough, there'd be where the fiddler plays <laughs> as a heading and then like a couple pages right. of this story that I would never get. You, but should, I was in, you should try to find your old I notebooks. Could try to, yeah, I mean, they're probably all in my apartment because uh, my mom 
my mom and dad were like, get all of your stuff out of our house. So I definitely have I anything that. that's anything that's still in existence. I I have in my apartment somewhere. But um, anyway, that song I haven't listened to it in years and years and years and years. But and I almost listened to it before. Because when you gave me this idea, and I was like, that's a really good idea, and that story popped into my head, and I thought, I'm not kidding, I never thought that this, nobody knows about this. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Not one single person. I never thought it, I thought it, I'd take I it love to the grave. It. I think it's cute. I thought I would take it to the grave, because I'd who's, watch it. who's interested in the musings of I a 13 <laughs> to 15 year old girl who heard a song on the radio? But anyway. I like it. That was my story my first thought was richard madden as the knight oh okay yeah no, I, no, yeah no, that's not bad woman. that's yeah. not bad i i envision the woman as like um light very light blonde hair okay so that's always how i envisioned her but like um, i'm trying to think of like in bella heathcote I don't know who that is. She's pretty. Um. Anyway, she's not very famous, but she was in, like, Dark Shadows, and I remember just being like, oh my goodness, who is this girl? She is gorgeous, but she was overshadowed by my future wife, Ava Green. <laughs> Ava doesn't know she's my future wife, but we'll make it happen. <laughs> that sounds oddly uh, sadistic. That's yeah. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so my second one <clears throat> is A Long December by the Counting Crows. Oh, mm. I really enjoy that song as well. I love this song. Yeah. So, um, I I mean, the song's pretty much already, like, the story's pretty much already written for you in the song. But what I decided is that it's about a guy. So, it, it's got very much Elizabethtown vibes. Like, I would love if Cameron Crowe directed this. It's about a guy who's just, like, kind of just lost in his life he's not feeling very focused he doesn't have any sense of direction he's like depressed he just feels shitty and then he gets the news that his friend got into a really bad car accident and is in like critical condition and it's like you should probably come and say goodbye because we don't think he's gonna live so he's like okay I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop everything. Like, what am I doing with my life anyway? I'd rather go see my best friend, uh, even if he's not even awake. You know, at least it's saying goodbye. So he goes, and so the the main character is gonna be played by Andrew Garfield, and um, his best friend will be John Boyega, and. He goes and he sees his friend and and there's like a lot of flashbacks throughout the movie of like them connecting and having this like emotional, you know, like a friendship and stuff like that. So as you're watching it, you're understanding like how much this is affecting this guy and why this is so terrible. And so he ends up meeting up with an old girlfriend and it's going to be played by, um, by, oh my God. (laughs) Zoe Kravitz. (laughs) No, uh... (laughs) Oh my God, <laughs> Lily, not Collins, the other one. James. <laughs> James, thank you. The other one, the other Lily. Yeah, the other Lily I love. Lily James. So I think that Andrew Garfield and Lily James as a couple look like they'd be really cute together. Um, and so they kind of rekindle their romance and, and it's like the type of situation where he had like left to make it big but never really did. And she's still kind of like living in this in this town and, and they're talking and they're like, you know, and, and it's just basically like him 
meeting up with all these old friends and kind of remembering like this is what made him happy and this is what inspired him initially or whatever so he's he's kind of getting back to himself and his friend dies his friend dies after christmas and on 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 january 1st andrew garfield's character is heading home but instead of going to the airport he goes to the beach where he watches the ocean and he cries for the first time after his friend died that's good i like it yeah i like it yeah because it says like it's been so long since i've seen the ocean i guess i should yeah yeah that's it that's good i like it yeah yeah, it's really too. good. <laughs> I would watch a show of that too. Not just because I created it, but because I think it'd be really, yeah, really emotional, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, and I'm pretty proud of my casting too. Plus, I love John, I like John Boyega. I think he's really cute. I do think that Lily James is so beautiful that she could be paired with anyone, and they would just look better. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> She's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what did you think of the movie? Well, my whole. You want to tell, <laughs> tell your story first? So. I was ready to like really rip this movie apart because <laughs> so I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, did this movie come out in 2006? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, okay. I think, yeah. So I was thinking to myself as the movie progressed, I was like, I, this is not my first rodeo. I've seen plenty of early 2000 artistic drama movies. This movie's either going to end on a crazy note or it's going to end on a whimper and I'm going to be pissed. And so I'm watching it and watching it and it ends on a whimper and I get pissed. So Kate Winslet and Patrick Wilson have like talked about running away together and uh, the pedophile's mom dies and he destroys all her Hummel figurines, which is the real tragedy of the movie. And... And then Patrick Wilson just goes to his son's room and he's like, I'll never do anything to hurt you. And then roll credits. And I was like, this is, I knew this movie would end on a whimper. I hate this so much. I hate it. It's too artistic. It takes itself too seriously. I hate this movie. I hate that Lauren made me watch this movie. I can't stand this ending. And I was really angry it changed my whole view of the movie like oh my, yeah i bet you know like i was so upset. i would have been pissed at that ending and, too uh so it's, then, not, it's a non-ending well it is a non-ending yeah. but it's not i mean i've seen enough movies where i wouldn't i was not surprised mm-hmm. that it was a oh non-ending. no no i totally get it and then i've seen monty python and the holy grail i'm, I'm aware of what happens <laughs> and then you texted me today you texted me today uh-huh. and you said oh did my dvd skip when you were watching it and i was like no your dvd worked flawlessly it was totally fine and then I was going through the Wikipedia. Thank Every time God before you went the Wikipedia well, page too. Whenever we record, I have notes in my head that I've just been like ruminating on. Right. So I write those down, but then I read the Wikipedia plot synopsis just to make sure I don't miss any other like hot takes. Mm-hmm. And I got to the end and I was like, wait a second. I didn't see any of this. So I didn't see that he cracked his head open. I didn't mm-hmm. see that the pedophile injured himself. I didn't see that the daughter like ran out of the park and Kate Winslet got nervous. I didn't see Larry try to save the pedophile. I didn't see any of it. So it was just a perfect, what, 10 minute skip. (laughs) It went from him telling his son he'd never heard him to the credits. And I missed a whole chunk of Yeah, you missed like a huge amount of it. so I will say that I enjoyed the movie. Okay, good. Um, Good. But this was about to be a very different conversation. <laughs> Actually, well, when you, you talked imagine, about... though, if you hadn't looked at well, it, I would have been like, what do you mean you don't remember well, that part? I probably <laughs> wouldn't have been able to resist ranting about how dumb the ending was. And you probably would have been like, 
what it about was this? pretty good <laughs> so <laughs> i did i did like it i had some issues with it okay but i did like it overall and i think now that i know the real ending it's i i like it okay good. okay good, good how do you feel you own it so well i i love it i i, I it has very similar like american beauty vibes which i think is why i like it so much um I really like that it kind of has a moral ambiguity to it as well. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's a great film. Honestly, I think it's it's a film that I wish more people knew about because whenever I mention it to people, they usually have no idea what I'm talking about, and I'm like, really? It's like an all star cast. I like think it. You got know? nominated for some Academy Awards as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think it, like... It I, is an all-star cast. Yeah, I mean, I think it did. I think it is a pretty decent and good film. You know, I I knew someone that would use decent as in, like, it wasn't that good. But when I say it's a decent film, it means that it was good. So, Big time, yeah. Yeah. So, I think I... Yes, I really like it. I really like Jackie Earl Haley, actually. And I think he's... Because I've seen him in, like, three things. But he's made such an impression on me as an actor. Um, he was in the remake of Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He played Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah. And, um, and he was also Rorschach in mm-hmm. Watchmen. And I remember being like, man, Rorschach is the best part of this entire I think movie. everybody liked him the most. <laughs> yeah. Big and time. He was like, yeah. so, he was like, he's, because he's like this tiny little dude. He's like probably maybe shorter than me. I'm 5'7". He's also you know? like so skinny oh yeah he's he's super thin yeah yeah so and he's like and there's this line and i've only seen watchmen like once because i didn't really like it um you know how i feel about patrick wilson which is kind of weird that i like this movie as much as i do but he was in watchmen they were in watchmen (laughs) together too they're like the dynamic duo i know know. like emma stone and ryan gosling (laughs) exactly uh tom hanks and meg ryan (laughs) (laughs) for the 90s kids out there (laughs) yeah Um, winona ryder and what? Keanu Reeves. No. Not, no. Who'd Sorry. You, wait, Sandra who? Bullock and Keanu yeah, Reeves. Yeah, yeah. Who'd you say was the first one you said? Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah. No, they could say. I, I Have they been it. in other movies? Yeah, they were They were in Dracula together. Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> they Let's were just, in a... Yeah, there's some... There, there, okay. Yeah, I think there are three, three or right. four movies together. Um, <laughs> I was like, should we just keep going? No. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, shit, what was I just saying? Oh yeah, no. There's a line that Rorschach says that some is something like, "I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me." And I was like, "Bad ass, <laughs> yes." So it is badass. I remember thinking he was very, very cool. And so, um, just cum- cumulatively overall, I've been like, "Man, I actually think I'm a pretty big fan of Jackie Earl Haley." I think like everything I've seen him in, I've really liked his performance. So, um, and. He, I think that this character is so complex and complicated that I, like, you're using the term pedophile, but I'm almost not comfortable putting that term on him. So, I'm, I don't know if you want to, like, talk about that first, or you want to just kind of, just... Sure, that's actually one of the main problems I had with the movie. Um, I loved his performance, I agree. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And I loved... Uh, like when he went to the pool and they all got out of the pool and then he's like, I was just trying to cool off because the movie makes you sort of sympathetic to him a little bit because you're not really sure how to think of him because you don't see much of him. Right. At first, you just hear everybody talking about him and saying awful things and you see pictures of like his mugshot posted around and and people are upset that a 
a sex offender is moving into the neighborhood. Well, he's always lived there. Or getting moving back into yeah, the neighborhood because yeah. he just got out of prison. And and so for a while you think like, you know, this this guy, you know, cuz they said at the beginning that he went to prison for exposing himself to a minor. So that could be anything. Like that's very vague. Like it mm-hmm. could be an accident. You don't know. And so you, I would I you would say probably of, not based on his behavior though in the movie. Well, that's where I'm getting. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm saying, I'm saying at the beginning of the movie, y- you know, you sort of are a little bit sympathetic. And then uh, and then he's talking with his mom and his mom is like, you know, you, you should start dating again. You should get a girlfriend your age. And he said something like, I wish I wanted a girlfriend my own age, but I don't. Yeah. And so that's a little bit like, huh? And then he goes on that date with that woman. Yeah, Sheila. And... And then you find out that he's not reformed and it was not an accident. He is a pedophile. I feel comfortable putting that label on well, him. Well, I, I, I just call him sexual predator. I don't see a pedophile. I, I agree with you and I don't. But anyway, go on. We'll, we'll get so into that's, that. Well, that's the big crux of this. I, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about him because at, at the end, so Larry... Uh, um, what's his name? This Toby guy Emmerich. Everything. Yeah. Uh, Noah Emmerich. Noah. Toby, Toby, N- Noah Emmerich. Oh, Noah, isn't it? Is there a Toby? I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. Hold on, I gotta look this up because I'm pretty sure there's a Toby. Hold on. He maybe has a brother or something. I think he does. Yeah, Toby. What does he look like? What is he from? Is he th- is he in things? I don't even know. I think he might just be a producer. Oh. Yeah, I think he's a, he produced Frequency, The Butterfly Effect, Rampage, Game Night. Game oh. Night. Game Night is so funny. Game Night with Jason Bateman? Is that yeah, the game? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that movie is a, I heard that a was sleeper really, hit. It's yeah, a sleeper so he's, hit. It's he's so funny. produced a bunch of sh- He produced Elvis, The Lord of the Rings Rise to War, so that's a new one. I think is that the Amazon show? I don't know. I'm not sure, but yeah, so he's he I think he must be related. They must be related or something. They they look like they're related. Yeah, they look like they're brothers. Yeah, yeah, they're brothers. Your brothers? No. Yes. <laughs> what, what movie is that from? Uh, I don't. A Night at the Roxbury. Oh, I would have. So anyway, <laughs> I saw that. Larry, Actually, I didn't see that that long ago, like maybe a couple years ago, but I would never remember that. Larry, played by Noah Emmerich, is mm-hmm. always harassing uh, the house, and the mother has a like, I guess, like a stress heart attack and dies, and mm-hmm. so. Um, May, Ronnie, May, Ronnie, yeah, Ronnie is the one who I'm calling a pedophile. Um, so. And then Ronnie is like all distraught, and so you're. I'm. I'm just like. I'm torn between too many emotions. I understand that there's probably an underlying message of like, even though he has done this bad thing, he's still a human being, and I get that. But his crimes and his behavior is is so heinous that it's hard to feel what maybe i'm supposed to feel and that's why i'm that's why i was so torn watching it but i think his performance is amazing yeah and i like that they're the twist in the movie is that he's not reformed and he's not you know and he's perpetually sorry for what he's doing but he's compulsively needing it right more you know so right. it's like because it illness. is a compulsive behavior well, yeah. yeah it's like a an illness like a, i don't know if it's a mental illness or what kind S- of illness, psychosexual sexual disorder or whatever and so that's what he says it's in the like movie. alcoholism where you know I, like you know you have a problem but you also have to like fill this gaping like need and right. so i think that there's 
an interesting message in there and there's an interesting twist with his character but i'm just not sure how i'm supposed to feel about him so what like uh well i have to say i would probably feel the same way you do if i had just seen this but because i've seen it so many times i feel empathetic for him the entire movie um i don't love what he did what he did to sheila was really messed up and i felt like she's clearly got a lot of issues just the way she was like holding herself she looks scared and like an abused little puppy um but because i knew what was going to happen i felt empathy for him the entire movie because for one thing it's not his fault that he has a psychosexual disorder. It's not his fault that uh, prisons in our country are based on punishment rather than rehabilitation. And yeah, I mean, I, I like what he did wasn't right, but I think he's also, I think that the thing is like, as you said, is that he's just a human being and the loss of his mother was so profound that he castrated himself and i think that he has just such a like i think he's just such an interesting part of the story that he really like kind of brings the whole story together you know his his whole thing um but i i don't know i always kind of empathize with him i just felt like he's maybe you know like who knows first of all a lot of like he could have been abused by his father and that's how he grew the psychosexual disorder people who have experienced um sexual abuse in childhood can later go on to perpetrate those same behaviors so it's possible that he experienced sexual abuse in his own childhood and then later went to go do the same behaviors because that's what he knew and that's normal to him so i guess from like a psychological perspective for me i think that there's just like a lost man who just never kind of really got the help that he needed and he continues to really mess up and make these terrible mistakes and yeah they are terrible and they're horrendous like the thing you know masturbating in the car next to sheila and then being like don't look away or whatever he says it was just super well, uncomfortable he, said, he was like don't tell on me don't oh yeah, tell on me yeah. or i'll get you because he's staring at the playground right masturbating oh. oh shit i didn't even notice that he was staring at the playground i can't believe i never Oh really? Yeah, like that. I just, I always just focus yeah, on the fact that they I were in the say car together. He's surely a pedophile. Yeah, then you. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think he is a pedophile. However, the, I, for some reason, I'm not comfortable using that term on him. I would just call him a sexual predator. I guess I see what you're saying, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that is a good analogy of the movie, and I agree that that's a way to view it, but. That's one of the confusing things that I have in my head because if I know a child who is raped, I'm not going to say about her rapist or his rapist, he's just a lost man. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to watch a movie about this man. And and I know, I know that they did a really good job showing that he doesn't necessarily want to do what he's doing but he compulsively needs to do it right but it's really hard and i think maybe that's the creativeness of the movie to make it hard for the viewer you know like yeah this man is pretty heinous 
but he is also a person and i think also his mom is an enabler so i don't think that yeah. we can blame i don't think we can say like oh poor ronnie he never got help it's like may his mom that's you said her name may, right? may. Yeah. may's like just because you did a bad thing doesn't mean you're a bad person i'm like yeah sure that's that's good that's loving but you should also say, but you also need to get help, Ronnie, because, right. you know, you could do bad things more. And but she doesn't. She just she's she's like perpetually being like, no, you got to get out there and date. And you're you're my son, you know, and, and I. So I don't like saying that Ronnie is just this poor victim of things that have happened to him because I don't think he is totally. You no, know, I, I agree with you. I so. I have a different, a little bit of a different perspective on May. I think that she just genuinely does not understand what That's that tr- is. That yeah. could be. I think, I think that could be. It's like That's it's like point. when someone has clinical depression and someone else is just like, just go out and get some sunshine. Oh, great. Thanks, Karen. That's great advice. I'll just go out and get sunshine. And then, then suddenly my fucking depression is fucking cured. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, maybe give me actual advice that I actually need that will actually work other than just go out and get some fucking sunshine. Like, no, I'm clinically depressed it's not like sure that it might make me happy temporarily but like I need help you know and I think that with her is that I just don't think she genuinely understands that this is a, a mental disorder a mental illness that he can't as you said he cannot control it it's a compulsive behavior um and I and especially since she's older too that this it could be like a generational thing where a lot of I mean really like a lot of mental illnesses were really not like i mean i think it's still so stigmatized but it's gotten a lot better over the past like decade where a lot more people i think are really understanding that mental illness is not it's not just something that you can stop doing you know it's something that is ongoing and it's going to last for the rest of your life and it's something that we need to um you know have mental health uh, facilities for people who are, you know, like mental health, you know, what I'm trying to say. Um, so I think that it's genuinely like, I think she really, she really, really obviously clearly loves her kid and she wants good things for him, but I don't think she gets that he can just, he just can't turn it off. And I think that's what she thinks is that, oh, well, you did a bad thing. So now that bad thing's over and we can move on and we can do good things. And it's like, okay, but it doesn't really work that way. You know, that's, I think that's a good interpretation. I yeah. do. Cause she did seem slightly out of touch in that regard. Yeah. And, and she, she did seem very, very quick, sweet, very but quick to like try to get him alone with a woman, which I'd be like, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe you need to work on yourself out with a woman. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But I, well, and I think part of it, too. Well, and she even says that she's I, she's looking essentially for him to have another mother because she knows that she's not going to live for long. Mm-hmm. You know, she starts having the heart, you know, pains earlier in the film. So, you know, like something's not right with her, her physical health. And then later she does have a heart attack and she dies from it. So... I think that she she's really like I think she's really scared for him that being alone is going to be really bad for him and so she's like my, her first thought is okay so I don't know when I'm going to die I might die soon the the best thing I can do for my child is have someone else there for him mm-hmm. and I don't think she's going about it the right way I think first of all you're, you're like <laughs> 
you're like you should never put another woman into the position of like being a grown man's mother you know like he's a grown man well (laughs) i agree with you but in their with their relationship he still calls her mommy yeah and he's he's very much like a child around her so i think that i don't know if he could have a normal adult relationship i think he'd almost need someone to just also be like a mother wife who takes care of him yeah and yeah and i i think that i i agree with you like for somebody who's in their normal right mind yeah like right you know if you have a healthy man you know right. his partner should not be his mother and you should never want that for him yeah. he, he should never want that but right this obviously ronnie is not healthy no and you're right i think that he's very much like um maybe I think that Ronnie is his mental state has been paused. I guess is the right word to say. Or I don't. I don't even know how to like it. Just limited. It's he's not. I mean, like you said, he still calls his mother mommy. That's not something that a man in what his like forties or fifties should be calling their mother. It's kind of weird. Um, but I think that there's clearly like a dissociation between that adult brain and the child brain you know mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. really it that's really all I to say about that yeah but anyway um so i did also write that i would hate living in a house that has that many ticking clocks and when he started <laughs> to destroy them i was like this is good <laughs> yeah that would be that would be annoying. I would hate that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, literally my hell. I'm not kidding. Like, that's... Uh, I... Just a little fun story. I was doing voice-to-text, because that's how I do my my notes. And... <laughs> And I usually do it, like, really quietly. So I'm like... Blah, 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 you know, like... And, and uh, my voice-to-text, instead of ticking clocks, it heard chicken cocks. <laughs> a house full like, of chicken cocks? <laughs> It said I would hate to l- living in a house that has that many chicken cocks. <laughs> and I was like, imagine no. it's a totally different movie. It is it makes a different sense movie. why he's a predator. Yeah, <laughs> chicken cocks, gross. Um, I guess it could mean roosters as well. Yeah. Never mind. But oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was thinking when he destroyed the clocks, like that would make sense. But then when you just, I don't even really care about Hummels, but you know, what are, some what of are those, they called? Are those little figurines? Yeah, some of those could have been worth a ton of money. Like I was thinking that too. I was a like, whole I bet those are worth a Better lot. Call Saul. Or there's multiple episodes of Better Call Saul about these those little figurines, about, um, valuable Hummels. Yeah. <laughs> So he, he shouldn't have broken oh, them all. He could have sold them and probably made a pretty penny. I love Bob Odenkirk. He's kind of sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I wrote, so like, okay, did you notice that Meg from Little Women was in this movie? Yes. I've, I don't think I've ever Trini Alvarado yeah I don't think I've ever seen her in I've anything seen her maybe like except three little women. things I think I've seen Little Women this one and then maybe one other thing and I was like oh she reminds me a lot of um what's her name um she was in Sex Lies and Videotape oh yeah Southern Woman yeah what's her name not Laura Sanjiacomo but 
I know who you're talking why about. Am I, she's like super famous. Why my birthday is in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Andy McDowell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, she reminds me a lot of Andy McDowell. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but so like I thought actually thought that Marianne from like just the side I thought that she was the woman from um, the woman that plays the wife of Walter from from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I was Anna like, Gunn. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's her. And then I realized that that was not the same person at all. But the whole like judgmental housewives with children is such a huge trope. I didn't hate it in this because I think it works really well. But like, man, Mary Ann is an annoying little bitch. Is she the blonde, <laughs> the blonde woman? Yeah. Okay. She's like so nosy and so so judgmental. And I'm just like, Mary Ann, you don't even know what's going on in these people's lives. Like, to me, I mean, I can kind of understand. Like, so let's talk about like when they when um, Kate Winslet was a Sarah and. Brad? Thank you. Um, Sarah and Brad first meet. And uh, I like that she, like, actually goes up and talks to him. Because, first of all, none all these women are, like, nervous around this guy. And I'm like, just have a conversation with him. He's just a normal guy. And she goes up to him and she starts talking to him. And I like how... She's like, you should give me a hug. It'll really freak them out. And I thought that that was funny. And I was like, totally. Like, you should totally do that. I definitely think the kiss was like a step too far. And I was so surprised that he was so just like, I mean, not surprised because I've seen this movie before. But the fact that he was just like, oh, you mean a kiss? Like, and they didn't even like really discuss it. And then he immediately like went in for a kiss. I was like, y'all are both married, but whatever. You know, I mean, let's not forget, you know, your vow to your spouses. I thought it was a little movie-fied that they would have this unspeaking connection to kiss. Yeah. And yeah. I agree with you. But like if they is, just left it at a hug, I think that would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the few movies where I actually understand and empathize with them having an affair which yeah. i think is for me i feel like i'm pretty hard to get I, when i'm watching a movie about people having an affair it's pretty hard for me to get on board mm-hmm. um but this movie i was on board uh pretty quick and i think one of the reasons and i have a love-hate relationship with the narration in this movie because it was starting to really get on my nerves i was like too much narration yeah, i usually hate narration but i don't mind in the it, middle yeah. of the movie it sort of stopped mm-hmm. and then started up again and i was like wow it's like they read my mind because i was i was i felt like i was going crazy i was like stop with the narration i hate this narration but early on in the movie i kind of liked it because i liked yeah. sort of getting their motivations and and i, I liked aspects of it as exposition but um well i have to say i know i i say that i i don't like narration i i do but it has to be a specific type like i really like this and i think royal tenenbaums has a very similar narration style and i don't mind that at all well it's like it's like it's like a book. Yeah, you're I getting think it's like when, an omniscient view, of, right? Of, like you would if you're reading a book, right? I think the one that when it, it bothers me is like uh, like the Batman had a perfect example of narration that I did not need. Yeah, you know, yeah, just like voiceover, or oblivion, oblivion. That I don't was even super, remember that, but oh yeah. man, like there was a 
he he tells the entire thing of what happened and like why their world is so isolated and then later explains the exact same fucking thing to <laughs> Olga Kurylenko or whatever however her name is pronounced and I was like so you didn't need to have narration in the beginning at all because you explain later it was it just I was like this is such a terrible movie I did not like that movie but anyway this isn't about that um so I liked yeah I liked that I got enough motivation from them as to why they would have an affair. Yeah. Um, and I and I was on board, sort of. like, Not that I would ever be on board and tell people to have an affair, but there's a lot of times there's just not enough reasons why a character is having an affair. It just feels like, well, this most, this more attractive woman walks by, and so now he can't help but have an affair with right. her. Like, like Fatal Attraction. I, I never actually saw that, but that, I do need to like, see that. It, it really annoyed me because I didn't know his motivation for having an affair to begin with because his wife was perfectly lovely and they had a nice relationship and a nice home life. And I was like, why? Why? Just because Glenn right. Close is like psychotically pretty. He has to have a sexual affair with her for one night or something or maybe more than one night. I think they had a little bit of a fling for a while. But anyway, and there's other movies that are very similar to that where it's like a woman sees a guy and now he she has to cheat on her husband with him and and I don't like that. I need I need motivation. I need reasons and I thought their reasons were were good. I thought him feeling the pressure from his wife and well, she's a little like, controlling. Not passing Did you think the she bar. was controlling? No, I didn't think she was controlling so much as I think he had maybe changed i think his interest and his career goals had changed and he didn't have the courage to tell her yeah and so he obviously failed the he failed the bar exam twice Mm -hmm. and he was supposed to be studying for a third time but he was going to watch the kids skateboard at the skate park whenever he was allegedly at the library early on in the movie but i think she didn't seem unreasonable. Yeah. And I think if he would have said to her, like, I don't think the bar exam... We we never hear him say that he doesn't want to be a lawyer, but his actions in the subtext when he's talking to Sarah, um, and he says, like, yeah, I failed the bar exam two times, and I have to take it a third time, and Sarah was like, sounds like maybe you don't want to be a lawyer, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I think that he feels... Like his wife doesn't understand him anymore, but I also think that he is not being forthcoming with communication, sort of. So I'm not saying it's all her fault. No, but I yeah. do think the pressure to be like this successful lawyer, this family man, this provider, and they have they're having money troubles because she keeps, you know, asking him like, "Do you need these magazine subscriptions? Can we cut this cost? Can we do this?" And so she's kind of hounding him a little bit about money, but it, for good reason. You know, there's only one income and. And also, like, she doesn't really seem interested in, in things that he's... Like, at the dinner table, she just kind of, like, ignored him and was talking to the kid. And then when they were going to go to bed, she kind of said something to him and made him think that they were going to have sex. Yeah. And then he came into yeah, the room. Yeah, she was like, go take a shower. Yeah, yeah, and he came into the room, and she's laying there with, like, panties on and a sweater. Yeah. Which is, like... If you're not planning on having sex with this guy, why are you looking like that? I know, no, I know. I <laughs> but, was like, Damn, she, was you covered up. <laughs> she was covered up in the scene before that, but then in the next scene, and then he goes to move their son from their bed, and she's yeah. like, no, leave him here. And so it's like, so their sexual life is obviously having issues. Yeah. Or um, is non-existent. Perhaps. Yeah. And, and so I think that all of those things compounding 
it makes sense that he might want to like find love and affection from somebody who's not hounding him about money who's not hounding him about take but i didn't think i never thought she was a bad character i don't think so either i do think she was a little bit controlling um the cell phone thing kept coming that up the, i couldn't remember yeah. the issue that she ignored him about it yeah yeah like he's like i think i want a cell phone and she's like well maybe in a month or whatever so to me it was like it's so it's 2006 right 2006 so it's pretty normal at this point for most people to have cell phones especially adults um maybe like if you're a teenager now but if you're but i think it was a money issue more than anything yeah but you could get a flip phone just for texting and calling you know like you could get a cheap phone well i mean in 2006 i think like Oh, I guess that was really it. Were the like phones? It's <laughs> not like they had like, like the now, iPhone yeah. thirteen. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we now we have uh, she get computers that, in our she pockets get, that are more advanced that than boost, the mo- boost mobile burner phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But as I was saying, now we have uh, computers in our pockets that are more powerful than the um, you know space ship that went to the moon. So, which I think is really cool. Actually, I think it's really cool. Uh, so. I think she was a little controlling. Part of it is the cell phone. I agree, maybe it was a money thing. However, I think that you're like, I would want, like if I was if I was a working mother and my husband was with my son all the time, it would make me nervous not to have that communication. What if something happened to my son and my, uh, my husband was unable to get a hold of me because he didn't have a cell phone, you know? I just, I to me, like, to me, it bothered me. I could have a 2020 mind, 2022 mind. It's not 2020 anymore. It's 2022. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could have a 2022 mind. But, it, like, that bothered me. But then what else bothered me is that after they had the uh, dinner with um, Sarah and her husband, Richard, which I kept wanting to call Kathy Sarah the entire movie because her character's name is Sarah. Like Sarah. Well, she was Sarah in Labyrinth. Oh, too. yeah. Okay. So, um, so I was like, no, that she's not. She's not Sarah. So I get to remind myself of that. So when Sarah was kind of like cluing into the fact that they are having something happen between them, um, and then she had her mother come in, and before she had did not want her mother around, but the second that she started to suspect something, she had her mother come, who also struck me as a pretty controlling person, and she was around him twenty four seven, which is what makes me think so because she could have just been like. She could have talked to him. They're like that's the thing is that either of them could could have communicated with each other the entire movie. You see, you're looking skeptical, but I think that if she had been like, "What's going on between you and Sarah?" and she could have talked to him about it, even if he lied to her, at least she's talking to him about it, you know. But having, but to me, it seemed like she brought her mother in with the express. Um, like her goal was to have the mother spy on her on him and to have the mother tell her anything that happened so i thought that and i'm not i'm not saying that she deserved to get cheated on by any means i think that she was a victim in this whole thing but i also think that she like what you said she kind of just didn't listen to her husband and she wanted the kid there all the time and it was like it was like you're you're always allowed to say no to someone who wants to have sex with you and you're not into it sure but your husband is like just dying for some attention from you and the kid in your kid is old enough where he needs to sleep in his own bed and he needs to learn how to sleep in his own bed or that's going to be an issue later 
Um, and like, it just seemed to me like there was just a lack of communication. She was kind of taking over everything and she wasn't really caring about what he thought or what he wanted, you know? So that's what I think. I guess. So I felt really sad for Kathy in the scene when she realized, and that was one moment when the narration I thought was very well done because Mm -hmm. it, it, the narration said something to the effect of, Kathy realized that there was an intimacy between Sarah and her husband that she hadn't noticed before. But as soon as she noticed it, she couldn't believe she didn't see it. Right. So she like dropped her fork to to go under the table to see if she could catch them like playing footsie or holding hands or something. And I think that like when that realization hits you, I bet your blood goes cold. Oh yeah. Like your whole like I can't even imagine. And I think that there's a big I difference. I wouldn't be able to keep myself together. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. You don't know if they're having sex. Like there's a big difference between your husband having a crush on somebody and them spending all day together at the pool. There's a big difference between that and them having sex. So yeah. at that stage all she knows is that there could be an emotional affair go an emotional affair of some kind going on. Mm-hmm. She has no idea if it's physical or not. And how do you confront somebody about an emotional affair? Right. How do you say to your husband, "What's going on between you and Sarah?" And he says nothing, and then you have to just take him out. So it's it's really hard to confront somebody because you can't just automatically assume they're having sex. You could just be like, "Oh my gosh, my husband probably has his crush on this woman because she." Her, Sarah and Brad don't have money problems. Sarah and Brad don't have any worries. If he never passes the bar exam, Sarah doesn't. It doesn't matter to Sarah because right. she's living in a giant house with her husband. Yeah. So he could just have a crush on her, and that's almost just as like emotionally damaging to know that like your husband is finding solace in some form in another woman. I think it, so. I, I think an emotional understand. affair is worse than a physical affair because physical affair could just be sex, but emotional affair is I like... I would be pretty pissed if Oh, no, I'd be pissed either way. Sex like, with another um, woman. Oh, but. yeah, no, no, like, for sure, like 100%. <laughs> like, I don't want to say I'd left I Lopez's house, but I might left I Lopez's house, you know what I'm saying? Do you get that uh, reference? I know that she's from TLC, but what did she, she do? She burned down a house. Oh, okay, so I think... <laughs> I'm not I totally I really do that, understand. <laughs> I totally, 100% understand yeah. why she called her mother. Because if it's just a matter of him and Sarah spending a lot of time together and him just sort of finding solace in this new friendship with a woman who we probably shouldn't have such a close friendship with at mm-hmm. this stage, yeah, his her mother should totally come and come to the beach and just be a mediator. Just be, a, you know, she's a cooling presence for a situation that could get out of hand. But yeah. what Kathy doesn't know is that it's already gotten out of hand. Right. And so I don't blame her for bringing her mother in because they had that phone R- conversation where she's like, she said like, oh, he's not going to the library. He goes to like a, he's playing a foot on, on like a football league with some guys from the police squad or whatever. And the woman's like, you know what happened when your dad started? And she said, sport, like your dad started golfing. And, and Kat, Kathy says, well, he's not like dad. So I think her dad cheated on her mom. Yeah. And so. I, no, I can, I can totally see where you're coming from. And I, I agree. I think if I was in that situation, I might do the same thing. But I also think that I would communicate. I well, I w- I'm not Kathy, so I wouldn't do what Kathy would do, you know. And I wouldn't. I also wouldn't have a child. So <laughs> there's that too, you know. So there's, there's. I just don't know if it's like. I agree with you. They have communication yeah, problems because he's not communicating. 
what he wants out of life and right. she's not communicating that maybe she's uncomfortable with this situation but i don't think it's that easy to pinpoint something like you can't like what do you want to say like i don't want you going anywhere with sarah like, right. what does that sound like like you know then you you stray into the territory of being your husband's mother you right. know so I think it's, I agree that there's a communication issue, but I don't think it's easy communication, and I don't think that couples, I, I don't think you naturally fall into good communication. You yeah, have to try for it. And, I think and so, And they too. already have some, they have enough distance between him that he's cheating on her, so there's obviously right. a lot of issues. Big time. Um, so let's talk about Richard and Sarah. So Richard is having a affair of the heart, I guess, with a fictional character. And I'm calling well, her fictional. Yeah. Well, so I was having like a shower argument with myself. And <laughs> as one does. I'm interested to hear <laughs> both sides. <laughs> so I would say that Slutty K is a fictional character because while, yes, she is a real person and her her real name could be K, but she's putting on a persona for her online fans this is not that's how fair she, yeah she, this is not how she is like every day in life i and if she is that sounds a little bit like a letter to penthouse and i don't quite believe it you know what i mean no i totally agree yeah, I, I think you're right she is yeah it's, she, a, fictional it's a fictional character yeah right mm-hmm. so i mean yeah k is sure she is a real physical person and she could actually be named k but slutty k is not is not real mm-hmm. so it's she's like a porn character almost, right exactly yeah. yeah i mean like you know there's like y- you know like porn actresses aren't going to use like their real names they're not going to be like oh my name's linda markowitz like it's going to be like linda coxhart or something you know what i mean like it's going to be i don't know that's just a, <laughs> that's not a real person if that is that's a really bad last name <laughs> but um <laughs> lance hardwood <laughs> So, yeah, so Richard's having... So, you're right, I think. She's yeah. a fictional character. Right. Yeah. So, he is having... And and you know what? Good for Slutty K to make money off of people that are viewing her movies. You know, we all got to do it. We got to hustle. I don't even know. Are they good movies or just posts? Like, photo like, posts? I don't know. But either way, I, I'm sure that she's making money off it. Because I'm oh, sure that she's... Oh, she's definitely making oh, money yeah, yeah. off of, like, the nudie pictures that oh, she's yeah. posting. Well, and sending yeah. panties, like, use panty underwear. Yeah. I, hate the, I hate the word panties. But it's, like, it feels pretty accurate in this scenario, you know? Like, yeah. so she's, you know, she's sending, like, the used underwear, which I'm sure he paid for, you know? Um because I would. I'd be like, mm, 60 bucks for a pair of my <laughs> Well, of course. And are they even used? That's the thing. Well, I think that that's the point, though, yeah. is that he wants to smell. But I don't know. I know. mean, like, she could just have, like, 50 pair of the same underwear that she just sends to each of her lost and lonely fans <laughs> well i mean i think that she, she would wear them though and then send them like the probably dirty. i don't yeah. know i don't know I, I think, think that's the appeal of it is that it's you smell the scent of like their the vagina yeah and that's what i was i was actually wondering about that because i was like are those used or is it just a money-making game where she's like here's a picture of me wearing underwear that looks like this and now i've sent you ma- them in the mail no and I you think are it's, led I to think believe it's the, the used same. thing yeah okay yeah i think that that's i think that's the appeal to someone like richard is that they want to smell what their this woman's vagina smells like essentially um which sounds just <laughs> so weird <laughs> like i mean whatever um i heard that's like a huge thing in japan apparently but i think it's a thing here too where like women are selling their used underwear to guys that are on the internet so i don't know 
you know, who knows? I you think, think it's you. Yeah, I. Right, that makes more I sense. Like, I agree. I'm like 99 percent sure. You uh-huh. know, yeah. Like yeah. there's, I would be incredibly surprised if it was just a clean pair of underwear because he's smell like he has it over his face. Yeah, like he's, he's really going it. to it's town. Like a, yeah, he's really going to town. On and then that she underwear. finds all those used tissue which i was I like a, richard throw your well, fucking used tissues away i have an issue with her smelling the tissue yeah. because i was like <laughs> you don't have to determine if it's jizz or snot if you if there's that many kleenex stuffed somewhere just assume the worst and throw them away you've already walked in on him masturbating so right. it's not like a the leap is so short <laughs> to know. just assume right right what the kleenex is for he's not just gonna be like jizzing on the floor yeah. he's gonna want a place to put it you know which is a tissue work so that's how I, it works yeah, yeah that's, exactly that's yeah. why he had yes. all those kleenex exactly <laughs> i needed Tissues, to explain it <laughs> Yeah, Kleenex would not want to be associated with that. <laughs> so anyway, yes, he sent away for her underwear. Right. So he's in his own little world. And, you know, she's moving into a house that was never hers. You know, I thought that was one of the saddest lines when they yeah. said that um, the house was decorated by his second ex-wife. And when he married Sarah, he just didn't want to redecorate. And I'm like, so essentially she doesn't have a home. Yeah, it's not... You know? It's not her place. It's yeah. not. She doesn't. The only thing that she had was her own room, like her own little office, and so she got to design it the way that she wanted to. But it's it's just yeah. I thought that that was sad too. It was like so she's just living in someone else's space. Yeah, I thought that was pretty weird that he was checked so checked out, but still not checked out enough to like s- s- not let her. I might have said too many negatives. So he seems checked out. (laughs) Right. But he still didn't just give her, like, carte blanche to sort of make the space their own. He seems to not care about her much. But he cares enough to, like, not let her, like, maybe just change a couple things. And I can totally see why she would look for somebody else who felt more welcoming. Because, I don't know. And then to walk in on him... Not just masturbating, but masturbating in such a like demonstrative and and yeah. e, like weird way. <laughs> well, he's like huffing with the like yeah with the underwear, underwear on, his, on face. his face. Yeah, and I think there was probably a picture of Slutty K on the computer. Am I right? I think so. And the so, picture of her and the and Lucy were turned down, turned upside like yeah. yeah, face down. So I think that might be the final straw, and like just feeling detached from him. Mm-hmm. And they strike me as a type of couple that got married out of convenience, had sex maybe half a dozen times, had a kid, and then never touched each other again. I was, yeah, I was wondering if they got married because she got pregnant. But mm, do they say maybe. that? Does the voiceover say that? I, I don't, don't think no, it does. Okay. No, it's pretty much like she moves in. He has this. It like I mean, the house is gorgeous. It's, it's like, awesome. Yeah. It's like a colonial, I think, style house. Yeah. Um, and just this beautiful old house but yeah it's like either like sell the house and move to a smaller place so she can have her own space to decorate and then you don't have to like spend a bunch of extra money you know or something but to make 
Because I can't imagine being in a space where I don't have my own personality to it. And I mean, you can see like my space is so much personality to it. Mm -hmm. And someone can see very much like the type of things that I like and the type of things that I'm into. Um, I really like art, obviously. And, And so, but just to have a space where it's just like, and it's so... It's just like yellow monotone, you know, like the entire space just feels like you're walking into a fucking crate and barrel, like a pottery barn. That's it. You know, you're like, oh, great. I'm at pottery barn. Oh, no, wait, I'm in my own house. Why do I feel like I'm at a fucking pottery barn? Right. Because it's personalized for someone that's not me at all, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, if you don't like pottery barn, then that wouldn't be the house (laughs) that you'd want to live in. But I, I just think like. It seemed, the narrator made it seem like she wasn't really allowed to put her personal touch anywhere. Because I would think that at a certain point, you could just be like, hey, I think I want to repaint the dining room. Mm -hmm. And your husband should be like, okay, yeah, let's repaint the dining room. And then you repaint the dining room together. But it sounds like what happened was his second wife repainted the dining room and Sarah's not allowed to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They didn't, like, I'm just using that as an example. They never specify the dining room, but... So I think that that just seemed really sad and 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 he seems yeah, totally detached. It seems like he's disinterested in making her feel comfortable in in a space that's her own. Yeah, and yeah. he's disinterested in making them feel like a family with each yeah. other. Well, and he I don't think you ever even see him interact with Lucy. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. He never so he's let's assume not a very good father either. He's a very distant father. So to me, I can also big time empathize why she would seek out affection somewhere else because she's not getting it from her husband. She probably never will at this point. You know, he's, I mean, he is, he, he just strikes me as like he is so into this slutty K person, this persona, that it strikes me as he'd be the type to like spend thousands of dollars on this woman that he's never even met because it's just like this obsession yeah you know or addiction or whatever and i think that that is kind of kind of like an ongoing theme maybe in this movie is that like a sense of addiction you know i was gonna talk about how there's like an ongoing theme of like various uh risque sexual situations like we have brad and sarah having a sexual affair mm-hmm. we have sarah's husband richard um like i guess basically going a a couple steps beyond just like watching porn and masturbating and actually like becoming obsessed with this woman Mm -hmm. that he sees and masturbates to so he he's taking it beyond like (laughs) the normal oh yeah no you know he's taking yeah and and then then we have uh ronnie who has his issues so it's interesting how um I don't know. There's something in there, but I can't quite put it into words, you know, because I don't think that what Ronnie does should necessarily be compared to what the other characters are doing because right. his is his is a crime. Right. Um, well, the other ones are consensual. And yeah. This is non-consensual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you could say that Sarah is not consensual in Richard's obsession with this porn star. Right. Um, so and she she's is, not even a porn star. She's just some random yeah, chick online. But she like, is being affected by his big time. obsession in some capacity whether they don't they never say anything about like how their relationship suffers in any other way than her walking in on him but um that yeah, was, like, they the never last like interacted they, i mean it seems like whenever they did interact it was always 
in anger or just like just like what is that um indifference yeah you know just mm-hmm. like a like uh, i don't really care you do good you want to go with lucy to the pool i really don't care right like kill and after she discovered him um that's when she bought that bathing suit and it was interesting because she had the page in the in the catalog folded over Mm -hmm. saving the spot for that bathing suit and you got the feeling that she maybe didn't have the courage to order it before because it's a little bit flashy but because her husband made her feel like dirt probably she she was like you know what i'm gonna buy this pretty bathing suit and i know that brad goes to the pool with his son and i'm gonna start going to the pool in my pretty bathing suit because somebody somebody in this world has to appreciate me right yeah i like how she was like staring at him the entire time she was like getting this gosh! i was like be a little more obvious be be more be more discreet would you yeah seriously she's like no i'm not staring at you i'm not i'm not staring at you he's like you're literally looking right at me no i'm not and then she disappears and takes lucy to the bathroom and then he can't find her and then all of a sudden she's like on a blanket right next to his hey it's like oh my gosh it's so weird that you're, you're here, here. I, love, I love how she was like oops i had no idea i just happened to sit here isn't that crazy and he's like that's crazy i also i also like that they both harbored these feelings for each other but almost for like half the summer didn't act on them mm-hmm. and the narrator even says like you know she was afraid to act on them because she didn't want to ruin it and then he and then when it rained and they went to his her house to take shelter he was snooping basically was driving and me nuts and he was like snooping that. and then he saw that she had a photo of him which was a great photo and i don't blame her for keeping that photo <laughs> and, uh, like he was looking banging in that photo and i am not even a patrick wilson fan but i was like hey boy damn you're looking good in that suit and that's when he was like okay she's up for it mm-hmm. and i and, and that is one of the reasons why i was on board with their affair because I don't like I would never want anybody to be cheated on mm-hmm. but I liked that neither of them was a predator do you know what I mean like yeah. a lot of times in affairs one of the parties is usually like right, really right. pursuing the other one and this one they kind of worked in tandem yeah and it was sort of natural yeah I well I think it started out as an emotional affair mm-hmm. um, I think that they were you know I mean other than his um, football buddies, who aren't really even his buddies, right. he doesn't even like <laughs> he Larry. Even like him, yeah. yeah, he says that he doesn't like Larry. Um, there's one guy that's just a straight up muppet on there. <laughs> The police officer at the end. Lauren said, "Does this face look like a muppet to you?" Yes, <laughs> it look like I a can muppet. See that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he doesn't even like Larry, and as we see, Larry is a very like aggressive guy. I actually, I think Larry's character arc is probably my favorite part of the movie. By the way, mm-hmm. um, but and she is she doesn't really have friends either. She has that one friend, Jean. Yeah. Who, um, you know, and then she like kind of has the women at the park, but they don't seem to like her either. Yeah, especially Mary Ann, who may have a stick up her butt for all we know. Because yeah. damn, um, she seems really unpleasant. Yeah, and then I mean Meg March, but you know who's sweet, but <laughs> yeah. like, um, so, <laughs> so, but so Meg yeah, March so is she, a press, right? <laughs> she's always a press. <laughs> 
so she's like so she really doesn't have anyone either so they they you know form this this kind of like tentative like gentle little friendship like a lonely bond almost. yeah and yeah. i think that they're both just so just feeling like so isolated and alienated from their spouses that they are drawn towards each other and like I'm agreeing totally with what you're saying I totally agree I think that it makes sense with the affair that they had that they would seek each other out they already have this connection anyway and then it's like man I'm really attracted to you and the other person's like well I'm really attracted to you too and then it's like boom bang boom like you know we do it on the you know laundry floor so good for them you know yeah. like yeah use a bed of dirty I thought laundry it was, and- i thought it was interesting in the middle of their uh intercourse <laughs> intercoursing <laughs> when uh he sort of pulls back his head and he's like do you feel bad about this and she and kate winslet was just like sarah was just like no no i don't <laughs> totally I de- she did not feel bad at all and no, she, she goes to you and he's like well he's thrusting he's like yeah yeah i do feel bad about it but <laughs> they know. finished they definitely finished. i know he's like i feel bad but we shouldn't stop what well, we're doing yeah, we should like, continue. i don't feel that bad and then they obviously had sex multiple more times oh, yeah. but um but i thought and then even in the butt supposedly i was actually i wanted i wanted to ask you about that so mm-hmm. i've never read madame bovary i actually just downloaded it on my libby app because i was like maybe i'll read that i don't know if i, I actually want to know it, i want to know if it was actually alluding do you know if it was actually alluding to anal sex in I the book because no idea i in my head i thought at the book discussion i liked when uh sarah was sort of talking about how like madame bovary you know it didn't work out for her in the end but the exhilaration of trying something like stepping outside of the bounds of like a normal confine confining life is Mm -hmm. is something that's like you know like it's powerful and it's invigorating and and i thought she got the message of the book while marianne obviously didn't get the message of the book and then the older lady seemed to get it right but they also seemed like so like anal sex because they read the scene about like the sex scene uh, the sex scene was very like flowery and and sort of veiled it was like sexy and i thought like when she read it out loud i just thought it was a very victorian way to be like she orgasmed but then Uh, then one of the old ladies was like no it's talking about anal sex and then yeah but then it showed like this flash of sarah and brad but you don't really i mean it didn't look like anal sex to me it just looked like you know like post-sex just you know like she like you losing your inhibitions sort of thing right so i wasn't sure if madame bovary was actually alluding to that or if that's just what those old ladies were saying i don't know i have no idea because it just seemed like orgasmic to me it didn't seem like there was nothing in it except for the fact that i've never read the book right and i don't know anything about like how sex might have been written at the time when madame bovary no i I I, I kind of like I I wouldn't have put that together either. And like the the lady was like, "Am I the only one that didn't understand that?" I was like, "I didn't either." Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, have like, understood it. I, like, I wouldn't uh, have either, unless there's some description around that line that right. says like, wh- like what out formation their body like if it says how their bodies were like right in, in comparison to the other maybe you could put it together but just what she read just did not seem no there i was know nothing in it that screamed like this is different sex than just having an orgasm right right it seemed like well and i think that part of it's because it's missing context big time you know yeah. so maybe if you do read it or like not you but just in general it, it like it you'll might have be, to tell me when uh, yeah, you read it if i do <laughs> so earlier today you sent me a text message that said like it's crazy that the kids in this movie 
are teenagers now yeah. and i wanted to send back it's crazy that this movie exists in a universe where brad didn't think kate winslet was pretty i know i know <laughs> that was bothered me the whole movie i They're understand like, that they made her look a little bit dowdy compared right. to kathy right okay right. and jennifer connelly but does have a very like exotic look bone you know structure is bone structure and kate winslet can never be ugly <laughs> she's pretty she's, she's a beautiful woman and i was like i don't think i'm on board with this like if you want me to believe it you gotta cast somebody else who's not <laughs> just like natural beauty <laughs> Um, with lips that are like shaped like a heart, I know. you know, like from Prova. Like no, Kate like, like, like she's got slightly bushy eyebrows, and I'm like she's got normal eyebrows. She's a normal human woman <laughs> yes. who happens to be a gorgeous woman, and and I was really, it really broke my heart when she was. So there was that that moment where. Um, she's so they're having sex they have a lot of conversations while they're having sex and she says like is she pretty is your wife pretty and he was like yeah she's she's pretty and but she, i think she'd like she'd like goad it out of her like right she'd right. like really get him to say it and he was like yeah she's a knockout she's really pretty and then he says to her beauty isn't everything but that's all he says and i was like if if my partner said beauty isn't everything and didn't follow it up with i think you're beautiful it would break my heart I'm oh not, yeah i you know i'm not ashamed to say that it would really make me sad yeah. even though the conversation is not about me being beautiful it's about his well in this case i wouldn't you know in this case it's about his wife right being pretty but regardless if we're talking about another woman and how beautiful she is in in regards to our relationship, not like a famous right, conversation, right, right, but right, I mean right, like right. a famous conversation. Like if we're talking about somebody that's in our lives, right, right, in some capacity, and you don't say anything about like you're beautiful, all you say is beauty is and everything. Then I'm gonna feel like the ugly. I just, I just thought it was so mean, and I don't think he. And I think the thing is, I don't think he was trying to be mean. I think he was. No, and I don't it's, think so and the narrator even said like he didn't. He was trying to be helpful, saying that, and it's just like a blind spot in his life to realize that perhaps Sarah, as hard as it is to believe, has not been told she's beautiful very often, and probably doesn't really think she's beautiful, and has spent however long she's been in this current marriage being ignored. Mm-hmm. So for someone to say that i think would be truly heartbreaking and and i really liked when she was laying in bed and the narrator a lot of the things the narrator said i liked i just wish that they had been said in a different form than having a narrator the whole you know for a lot of them right because i don't think the content of the narration was bad i thought it was was good but i just wish that they had done something else like right but then the narrator said when she was laying in bed that it it re- and he he that Brad didn't mean it to be bad, but she was thinking that he's laying right next to his wife who he called a knockout and he doesn't appreciate her, and so that made her scared that he doesn't appreciate the beautiful things in his life. And I thought right. that, that was really poetic. But I also was like, just tell her she's pretty, man. Like yeah, what I a terrible. I just and I don't think that he was m- being mean spirited or cold hearted, but I just know in my in that situation from my perspective it would break my heart if oh yeah 
if there wasn't some sort of compliment like i don't care if it sounds egotistical feed my ego you no, know what I, I mean i think it's t- it is not egotistical <laughs> to want your partner to go and i think you're beautiful yeah you know like, like beauty isn't everything and then nothing it's like okay so that's why like you're with you me because be complimented. i'm right yeah. like you want yeah. you want you want to know that your partner finds you attractive yes yes yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely exactly and i think it's i'm glad that you brought that up because the entire movie every time they did something like that i'd be screaming at the tv going she's fucking gorgeous like i was like i was like am i blind am i the only am i am i taking crazy pills here basically they they just like didn't comb her hair very much and that's supposed to signify she's not very pretty she's not wearing makeup and i was like but she's a mom with a little kid so like if that's not abnormal if kate winslet isn't pretty then is there hope for the rest of us (laughs) I know, God. and I know that's a Hollywood thing. Like, are any actors ugly? You know, but right, right. Yeah, I'm just um, saying. Like, I get the the point that they're trying to get across, but it didn't land well with me. But then I also just the cold heartedness, the unintentional coldness, I guess, of him not ever complimenting her. Yeah, yeah. I I think that the thing is, I think that their relationship is so is so delicate Mm -hmm. you know and i think that is very it's seen by how the movie ends with basically he gets a concussion he doesn't want to say goodbye to his wife now um so he's changed his mind and she seemingly kind of has changed her mind too i think you know her interaction with um ronnie really flipped her out understandably potentially like and losing losing her her yeah almost losing her kid um which i don't even know how that kid was could possibly get out of those things. I don't think those are very easy to yeah, get out of. Yeah, child swing. Yeah. I was gonna. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, geez, she's like, an unless escape she like artist. flipped over. Or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't. I guess you could like hold the chain and like pull your legs through because I guess that's true. Kids yeah. weigh like you know 16 pounds, so she'd probably yeah. lift her body weight like right. show off. You know. I know. I know. Like uh, me going across the monkey bars now, not going to happen. Me at a five, sure. I've yeah, never, not a problem. Not a single day in my life have I been able to go across really? monkey bars. I used to be able to do it yeah. when I was younger, like all the I, time. Uh, I could it's do hard, like though. two. I could do like two or three, maybe, but I could never do the whole thing. I, I used to do it, but yeah, it was. it's not It's not easy. It's, no. it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. That's probably why I didn't do it. I don't <laughs> like doing hard things. <laughs> same <laughs> and that's what she said um <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> yeah oh, oh my god speaking of i was like really <laughs> yeah that reminds that triggered me. something <laughs> yes it'll, it'll make sense when i tell you <laughs> so so i was out uh last um i think it was last wednesday i was out and i was with uh i was at a bar i was with some people some new people i was with it was with my friend and then i was with some these two other women and I don't remember what we were talking about, but I started talking about Steve Carell. And I said, oh, he's in a new show. And I said... Oh, yeah, I want to watch that. The Patient. The patient. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't saved him anything. But I had taken a picture of him, like, in the... You know, there's, like, a picture of him that when you click on the thing, he's, like, sitting in a chair. On Hulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I took a picture of him, and I sent it to a bunch of people. And so when You just, I, like... No, blanket I'm, like I'm, texted Steve Carell's photo. No, to I'm going to explain to you. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> so I sent it to not a bunch of people, but I sent it to stories, my female stories changing. Right. <laughs> so um, I told these women, I was like, "Yeah, Steve Carell's in a new show, and he's looking like Daddy." <laughs> they gave me these looks, like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and I was just like, "Maybe I shouldn't have said that." 
I'm, that's that's I want to tell you I'm pleased that people hate that word as much as I do. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, look at this picture, Steve. <laughs> they were all like, they were like, oh my god. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's that's me. <laughs> so that's my story. <laughs> they just don't appreciate you. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, and you know, it's funny because I used to hate that word too, and now I like it. I don't know what happened. It's like coffee and beer. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. No, it used to really bum me out, and now I think it's kind of hot. So, I don't know. I don't know what I, happened. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I know. A lot of people don't, but I don't know. I don't know how to tell you how to change your mind about that, because I did. The thing but is, we don't have to debate. I don't need to change my mind. Yep. You know what? And you shouldn't have to. <laughs> I feel good about my choices. Good. So. good for you. Stick to your, your yeah. That's right. Your, um, if I don't have convictions. my convictions, what's the point? Exactly. I've got something closely related to gumption. <laughs> oh, that ugly actress. I know that, that ugly, ugly horrible actress. Yeah. Ugh, gosh. Oh, um. So yeah, basically they never run away together because things get in the way Life, and like yeah. alter their perspectives a little bit. Well, and I think that. As far as with Brad goes, he spent so much time watching these skateboarders, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, dude, what's <laughs> up? I don't know if Brad is somebody you'd want for your life partner if he's stupid <laughs> enough to like get on a skateboard. No, no. If he's stupid enough yes. to try to jump a staircase on a skateboard when he's never alleged yes. doesn't seem like he's ever done it before. no i don't i think that's like, the point riding yeah. a skateboard makes sense. i guess he did say when he made that touchdown earlier in the evening that he felt like he could do anything but oh, i'm like okay yeah, brad yeah. you gotta screw loose and there's something wrong with you because you obviously know you can't do anything you right. just feel that way but you're not gonna right jump, like people who skateboard for years have seriously <laughs> injured themselves oh, jumping yeah. over a staircase oh my god i saw a video the other day of a guy that like did that and then he like cracked his head open and you could see blood like it was man, it was a terrible video i don't know why i watched it i mean i think he i totally agree with you on that i was like he did that he got on there and he was like going towards that jump and i was like dumb 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 yeah. dumb dumb <laughs> like you, you were gonna kill yourself bro and and uh it's one thing to just learn how to skateboard i've been on a skateboard before and i'm scared of them like i don't i guess i don't think i really like like when i'm i don't like going like downhill on like wheels or anything like that that really like freaks me out and that includes skiing i know that's not wheels but you get what i'm saying it's like downhill and uh it's really scary and also there's so many people who have died from doing that shit i'm like no i'm good thank you um and but I I think it's interesting that he had he had been watching them for so long, which I thought that was weird that no one ever acknowledged him like ever, you know, because it be it would kind of creep me out if I saw this guy every night watching me and my friends skate. I'd be like, what's your problem, dude? You know? Um, yeah, I think they they said like the the skateboarders just never they just ignored him. He was just yeah. part of the scenery. Yeah, I mean. And he, I guess if you're having enough fun with your friends, you just don't if really care. If you're young enough. And he yeah. wasn't like a creepy old man. He was sort yeah. of like a, he was a middle-aged forgettable man. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what everyone says about Patrick Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that was mean. I'm not sorry, regret nothing. <laughs> um, no, he's fine. I actually really like him in this movie. I was um, going to say I did too. I, yeah. I liked him a lot. I think he was good. Probably my favorite role of his. I think so too. I, I so 
I think anyway was what I was trying to say was I think that he he was acknowledged by them and like what you said he was on top of the world he had that you know touchdown he just did he was about to run away with this woman who he thinks is the lo- like the love of his life or the potentially the love of his life or whatever but I just from and I knew obviously I knew what was going to happen but from the beginning I just like knew that it was just going to crumble apart because Right now, what they're experiencing is fun and exciting because they're doing it like behind their spouses' backs. Yeah. The second that they no longer have that, is that still going to be exciting and interesting and something that they want to continue? You know? Yeah. So it's like when I was just out of college, mm-hmm. my mom was yelling at me to get a real job, but. I didn't have any bills to pay, so a part-time <laughs> job was totally fine and fun. I had all kinds of free time, yeah. you know? Someone else yeah. is paying their bills so they can do whatever they want with each other. Exactly. You know? They yeah. don't have, they don't, there's no reason for them to ever argue or fight or right. have any stress in their life, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, it, so it's like, what's going to happen? One of you is going to have to get a job, then you're going to have to, you know, deal with the fallout of whatever might happen between you and your spouses, and the children. I mean, think of the children. (laughs) Well, it's like upsetting me. Like, it's one thing to be, say to your wife, I'm unhappy and I want a divorce, and, you know, we'll figure out what we're going to do with the child. Like, let's maybe just parent together because we still love our kid and we want him to have a good life. But it's a whole other thing when you're just leaving your child and you're abandoning them, you know? That's going to that's gonna fuck your kid up for life, yeah. you know? I think I would say it's pretty awful to abandon your wife. It's just as awful to abandon yeah. your wife as it is your child, I think. Oh, it's super shitty. I mean, don't give me either way. It's like, just grow up and tell the person that you no longer want to be Big in a relationship time. with yeah. them. Yeah, And... Uh, <sighs> It's like people who murder their spouses. Like, like <laughs> there's so many stories I hear of like someone murdering their spouse because they're super Catholic and divorce is looked down upon. But I'm like, but murder's okay, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where is your so? Oh no, oh no, divorce, but murder. <laughs> who gives a shit? It's just murder. I mean, like, whatever, you know, like, whatever. Um, I yeah I think that their relationship at the end of the day I think it's really exciting and it's fun because like what you said neither of them are working they can spend all this time together but is that going to continue probably not right I mean and you may you may actually love this other person you may actually love each other yeah and I I definitely think they had real affection for each other I don't know if I I don't know if I'd call it love quite yet yeah but um, you know, if you're going to pursue a real relationship together and you want to do it that way, it's going to leave a lot of wreckage, like you said. Yeah. And the real world is going to creep in, mm-hmm. uh, for better or worse, and you may stick it out. You may just love being with this person so much that it works out for you, but it's 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 going to be messy. Well, every I mean, like, I don't think Richard care would care one way or the other that Sarah left. I don't, I don't think, think so either. Would, but Kathy would be devastated and... and, and it would be difficult to be with anyone who did that to their yeah. partner. Yeah. Because I think in I think in Sarah's Sarah's case, I keep wanting to call Jennifer Connolly Sarah. Um, I think in Sarah's case, her leaving her husband with her kid kind of just makes sense. And mm-hmm. it, honestly, I don't blame her. He's he's in love with a fake 
persona online you know, like an online persona like it's not mm-hmm. even re- it's not even real it's a fantasy you know <laughs> yeah from yeah do you get that move you know you didn't get reference it's not even it's real it's a fantasy oh yeah it's not even real it's a fantasy so, so yeah yeah so i but i agree with you that i think it would be very difficult being with someone because you to me i think if my partner had left their previous partner for me i'd always wonder who are they going to leave me for you know that is are they going to do that question yeah yeah Yeah. there's just so many regret leaving their partner for me right you know like it's and then to be on the other end like when you're left it's it's a lot it's a lot to yeah it's a lot and as it is him and kathy have a lot of things to work out oh for sure and i think that sarah and richard have a lot like i think i feel like kathy and brad might make it but i think that sarah and richard will not make it i don't think sarah and richard give a shit about each other no i think sarah cares about her daughter yeah and i I think she cared about her, but I also think that Sarah has a lot of resentment towards her daughter. Because mm-hmm. um, there's something about how they said that she didn't want a nanny, but then she's like, why don't I want a nanny for her? But And I think that there's real genuine love for her kid, but I also think that maybe she feels like she held her back. And you could totally be right about maybe she was pregnant, and that's why her and Richard got married, because maybe Lucy wasn't planned, you know? And that's why she feels resentful towards her daughter, and which is so unfortunate because it's not your kid's fault, you know, the, like, yeah, not your fault. They brought you brought them into the world. So, um, but oh, I wanted to ask you why Jean was so standoffish when she came home after the weekend away that Sarah had with Brad. Oh yeah. So I wondered, like, they don't say it, but she comes in and Jean's just like super unfriendly and she just sort right. of hurries out. And then in the very next scene, Kathy is talking to Brad and she's like, oh. um what's the little boy's name Aaron Aaron yeah. Aaron Aaron can't stop talking about his new friend Lucy and I think that we should have his mom over for dinner and so did did Lucy say something to Jean about the affair we don't we don't we have no idea why Jean and they never come back to that about yeah. why Jean would be so you're right they don't I guess I guess I never really realized that either but I think it makes sense that maybe Lucy was like oh mommy's spending a lot of time with you know uh Brad and and she's like, who's Brad? And and Lucy's just like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, just doing what kids do and just babble on, whatever. Spill secrets, you know. Um, but you're right. I it guess made I'm, me wonder if there's, like, a deleted scene or something. That's a good question. Or, like, a cutting, like, a scene that ended up, you know. Right. Written but never filmed or something. Because, I don't I, know, like, they, it, they never explained it. It never came back to why... I kind of, so I kind of assumed it was maybe something Mary Ann had said. Because they oh. were in the same book club. Then maybe Marianne had been like, you know, uh, Sarah had kissed Brad at the playground. Yeah, you know, like but they at the beginning of the weekend it shows her and Lucy and she's totally normal. So maybe it's Marianne. I don't know. It just seems It was know. it was very weird it that she incomplete. suddenly Yeah. It was very weird that she was suddenly like super standoffish and um I I kind of assumed that she found out or she figured it out or she found something, but we don't ever find out what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hold on. There is a... Oh, so I wrote down here, 
Is Ronnie not on some sort of like national sexual predator database? Like, isn't there a whole thing where they can't live within a certain distance of like children and playgrounds and schools and stuff? Well, there is. Uh, they did say at the beginning that he can't be within certain yards of a playground or school. Oh, okay. But I don't think you can say somebody can't live near children because that would be almost impossible. Yeah, I guess that's true. But yeah. so I think he can't go. He couldn't go to playgrounds or schools or a place where children like congregate. Right. Um, but I do think. But I think. I think people are sexual predators have to make other people aware. I think it's called Megan's Law. Actually, well, I mean, everyone in the neighborhood is definitely aware. Oh, yeah. it was on the news, and they had you know. So, yeah, big time. I mean, I don't know. It I don't know. Like it just seems knew. like it just seemed to me like that was something that should have been mentioned, or I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that he was in some sort of like database or whatever. Okay, so so uh, Larry, we find out, had accidentally shot the kid at, what was it, the mall? Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, what he did was bad, but I think he did what a lot of people would do, because the kid was waving around an airsoft gun, and airsoft right. guns, they're not like super soakers, they look like real guns. I think so. Well, I think they usually have like an orange tip on the end to make them look a little airsoft? different. Oh, airsoft guns I, do? Oh, let me, let's look it I'm up. I'm not sure. I know that like toy guns do but i'm i thought airsoft guns looked mostly real but i could be wrong let's see oh yeah they totally look real yeah yeah he's like pulling a prank and i was like that's like the classic definition of like what is it play stupid games win stupid prizes yes big time like i don't think larry should i don't think i mean what happened was terrible and Mm -hmm. i totally understand feeling guilty like insurmountable guilt over killing a kid who didn't actually have a gun but in this instance i don't think that what larry did was that far out of the ordinary from what a different cop or somebody or even like a a vigilante like citizen might do you know and and he said that they were reenacting a favorite movie of theirs so you don't know what the kid could have been yelling he could have been like i'm gonna kill you or something so you're like i agree with you with what you said i think that i think it's a situation where you don't really know what's happening you have someone who is we don't know what movie he was reenacting it could have been a dangerous movie it depends on the movie <laughs> really yeah. I, if you, someone's waving a gun around out guns in yeah. the and go all <laughs> if someone's waving a gun around and they're doing a reenactment for a comedy movie then right. they're not a danger to anyone <laughs> right 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 um but I I do agree with you. I think it's a it's an unfortunate situation, but it's also like they do look like real guns. Yeah, you know. I mean, you can like it's against the law to I believe it's against the law to bring any sort of weapon looking thing and brandish it, right. even if it's not a real gun. I think it because I well think, I thought that they were at a place that were selling the guns. I thought they were at like the mall food court or something oh so maybe they brought the gun the airsoft guns with them or something i thought i could be wrong but i thought the story he said was that they were like in the mall food court and waving the gun around and you just you don't do that no you just that's not something you do because you could get shot well and also 
if there are dozens of people, let's say at the mall, and they all think that this guy has a gun, and they're like crap, mm-hmm. like just like hiding in fear, then I can certainly understand why he might be like, I have to stop this, and the best way to stop this is to kill the perpetrator. Yeah, you know, and it's a very unfortunate thing. And but I do like that May like kind of kept bringing it up, like, oh, you think that my son's a bad guy? Well, you killed someone. Yeah, she's, you know, she's comparing the two crime, well, crimes, quote unquote, because what he did isn't actually a crime. He was right. He just was. He had misinformation. Um, I like killing a kid is so much worse than exposing yourself to a child. In her mind, that's kind of what she was like. I think there's a message in there about like you know who who he who has no sin should throw the first stone. Right. You know, and and that makes sense except for the fact that she's making it seem like he intentionally killed a kid and he didn't do that. Right. 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 So I think maybe. In my head, I wish that maybe they would have changed his story a little where he wasn't like being a cop in a situation where most cops or most people would probably behave the same way, but make it seem more like he was a bit derelict or irresponsible. In like, right. Just change, like you can still have him kill a kid, but just change the, the circumstances a little bit. Right. Yeah, like make it seem like it was more his fault or maybe he didn't retire, but he got fired because of it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. just something where it's not like, well, yeah, but the kid was like, it just didn't, it was a gray area to me. Now, that being said, if a cop killed somebody i loved because they were playing around with a toy gun i wouldn't be like well play stupid games win stupid prizes you know i'd be like it's a lot easier to say when it's a fictional character but i do think that like it's pretty common knowledge that you don't do something like that right because you could have it could have awful consequences for you you know right and and, i mean like in 1999 i feel like like with columbine was kind of like the start of the whole like school shooting thing being like like in vogue i guess is the right like i i know that's a terrible way to sound that but i don't really even know how else to say it like it's i think common popular <laughs> you know no i'm not popular but Com- more common <laughs> the I think look that you the- gave me was like excuse me <laughs> no i agree but you yeah you're right common and um and I think if you are experiencing seven years of this, where you're hearing this every day and you're a cop, that your first reaction might be, I have to save everyone else. And the way to do this is to just eliminate the person who's trying to hurt them. And I think that is part of their training, because I've actually asked before, like, all these stories of, like, cops killing unarmed people, unarmed civilians, these horrible stories, I'm like... Why shoot? Why shoot to kill? Like the in Grand Rapids, that cop who like point blank executed a man. You know, uh, when was that? That was like earlier this summer. Patrick Leoya, I think. Like I it's know, alarming. Even... The footage is stunning. Oh, like, I didn't even. He- it's awful. I didn't even hear about that. Really? Maybe I might have, but I well, don't remember much it's of just, it. It's horrific, and right. I and I've asked before. I'm like, why are these cops shooting? To ki- well, why are they shooting at all? If, mm-hmm. if the if the victim isn't armed and is running away from them, why are they shooting at all? But that's a whole different debate. But then I think if you're in a situation where it's dangerous, why are you shooting to kill? And I've never gotten a real answer except for people saying like, well, that's what they're trained to do. And I'm like, but why? Right. Right. Like, why not shoot an elbow or a knee or a thigh or a shoulder? And maybe, like, 
just something to disarm them to yeah, make them you're like, just like yeah. it's like the equivalent of like using mace you know you right. just want to like you're just trying to like make the threat disappear but why would you shoot to kill i right. don't you know are, are they afraid that if you shoot them once they'll just start shooting i don't know i don't know the ins and outs and i'm i just i don't understand it but i don't either and i think that the thing is that there's a lot of corruption too within the police force just various police forces in general um i've talked about this before i don't have a high regard for the police uh especially over the last couple of years it's really gone downhill as far as my opinion of them um and i i, I think it's an I, I don't really have much else to say about that really honestly but um i think it's i think it's an interesting part of his backstory but i also agree with you that it's kind of like just considering everything that happens in this movie and considering everything that happens with ronnie and how violent that ends up being you know with him castrating himself just some kid at the mall and he just misunderstood the situation does seem like maybe they should have they could have done something different yeah he misunderstood a situation that was for all intents and purposes very dangerous and right. scary looking and he was doing uh, what he thought was right by what yeah yeah i mean and he was sucks. trying to save other people right yeah you don't i don't i just i just felt like there was and maybe that's again the intent of the filmmaker to make the situation seem like a gray area but it didn't really seem like and he was just like living with this weight of guilt and heaviness and he lost his job and he tells brad like i loved my job people keep telling me to find something else but that's what i wanted to do i loved being a cop and so he and and i think that there's an interesting story there about how he has so much guilt that he's like projecting this guilt onto ronnie to be like yeah. and i think he's saying like see everybody i'm not so bad there's a pedophile in the neighborhood and his mom ronnie's mom is saying see everybody my son's not so bad there's a child killer in the neighborhood right. and i think it would be way more powerful if the situation in which he killed the child wasn't just him wasn't just a child like waving a gun around right in a crowded area you know yeah i i totally yes i think that her argument would have been much more poignant if she had been like actual child murderer yeah you know yeah versus like he misunderstood the situation like <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah. yeah um i think that you make a good point i think that he is he is projecting all that guilt and stuff and i think that larry also seems to have an issue with like, he wants power, and he wants control, and he doesn't have that anymore. Which, if that's where you're going to be a cop, you maybe should not be a cop. I think that's also <laughs> a, a problem. That yeah. That's, like, like that cops have. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, you, 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 if you're wanting to... I mean, Edwin Kemper tried to be a cop, but he was too tall. To, and it's, like... <laughs> to be a cop? To be a cop. Well, he was, like, he's, like, six foot seven. Why is that a problem? <laughs> I mean, it's well. It's a problem that he wanted to be a cop because he was a serial killer. But, but I mean, why is height an issue? I have no idea. Like, oh, well, our our standard pinstripe cop <laughs> pants just don't fit someone this tall. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't like fit in the car. I don't uh, know. You'll you'll dwarf the badge <laughs> with your very long torso. <laughs> but like that is the only reason that he now this is before he went on his murder spree. However, no, that's not true. He had killed two people by then yeah he had yeah anyway but could you imagine a man like that 
I being don't a really fucking know police much about, officer. I, honestly, I don't know much about him, so I... He killed his grandparents, and then he killed a bunch of women, and then he killed his mom, so... But that's what I'm saying, is that... We're like if you put a person like that in a position of that, that's of a power that's fucking terrifying, frankly. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to say is that's really scary. And with Larry, obviously he's not to the level of being a fucking serial killer, but he does seem like the type that wants power and control, and he cannot have that just being a civilian. Yeah, he does have a weird inferiority complex. Big time. Yeah, Yeah, and he like flips out when Brad doesn't come. Like. (laughs) So Brad, Brad and he Sarah, like a teenager. Brad and Sarah are like. So Brad makes the touchdown. Sarah surprises him, and she's come to their like little football game. Which was game. adorable. And the, they start that would like just. I just say really quick. I thought that he was gonna. I because I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I thought he was gonna be annoyed. But then I was like pleasantly Same, surprised I, yeah. that he was so excited to see her. I, thought, I was like, oh, because the first look he gave when he saw her, I was like, he doesn't look super happy. But yeah. then he is super happy. Yeah. But they're making out, like they're laying on the field making out, and Larry's like, Brad. <laughs> are you coming and brad's like what and larry's like you go into the bar we're all going to the bar and brad's like i'll come later and larry's like do you got a ride and larry goes or brad goes yeah i <laughs> know you're like, so irritated. larry is totally he doesn't notice sarah at all no he does not and i just i thought that that was maybe like the funniest moment <laughs> in the movie he's not like that's not your wife why are you making out with some random yeah, blonde chick he doesn't care. <laughs> and then and then at the bar he's like no 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 the bartender's like i want to shut down and he's like no he'll be here he'll be here i know i'd be like yeah. i i don't blame the bartender i liked how the bartender was like get the fuck out he's not coming <laughs> i want to go home and i was like yeah you should go home it's like it's time to close like don't yeah um well what is he gonna do stay open an extra hour because brad wants to have a beer yeah brad go get a beer elsewhere it's not my fucking problem Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so let's. I guess let's talk about Ronnie and and so so Ronnie's mother dies very suddenly, um, which was very. I thought that was really sad. Um, yeah, me too. And I actually thought the woman that was sitting next to him that was speaking Spanish was Sheila. It swerved me. I was going to say, the movie swerved me, and I was like, oh, no, her self-esteem is so awful that she's staying with him. Like, that would have been really, like, a sad but believable story because she talked about having, like, nervous breakdowns and stuff, so I thought... And she seemed like she had, like, low, like, no self-esteem. She seemed like her sanity was sort of on, like, the edge of a knife. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I think... Well, personally, I don't I don't think I'd find myself in a situation like that, but I would hope not. But if someone started masturbating in my car and was like, don't tell anyone, I'd scream at them to get the fuck out. I would not just wait. I'd be like, get the fuck out. Like, I would be flipping out at them. You know what I mean? I have a lot more confidence than Sheila does, and I have not, I, my sanity isn't paper thin, you know? So, it's, I Sheila just, like her story just her whole thing just breaks my heart because she's so she just seemed like she's so like and she talks about the sexual abuse thing and i was like wouldn't be surprised if that was something that had happened to her she just seemed like she was so broken you know um but yeah so i thought that that was her at first i was like what the me too (laughs) and then i was relieved when it wasn't you know and then they like showed like her full face and it wasn't just you know the her profile and i was like oh thank god (laughs) yeah yeah um but that you see May writing out a letter to Ronnie and all the letter, you know, when he opens it later and all the letter says is, please be a good boy, which is just like so sad because he 
immediately starts crying, starts flipping out, starts breaking everything, and he's clearly so wrecked over this. I mean, this is the o- this is the only person that's on his side, you know. Yeah. Now he has nobody. Mm-hmm. He's isolated, alienated everyone else. No one wants anything to do with him. Understandably so. I can understand. I wouldn't either if I would had children. You know, like yeah. Um, and in a roundabout way, she died because of his actions. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's ultra sad for him yeah and it didn't like the note didn't say i love you or anything i know it was like admonishing him like be a good boy like please be a you're good not boy. a good boy yeah so try yeah. to be a good boy and it, yeah yeah really and sad and yeah you're right it didn't say i love you it didn't say like you know be you're a good my boy. boy i love you or says, yeah, yeah be a good boy just yeah, yeah. so he a person who as as we have seen is also probably paper thin sanity ends up castrating himself which i thought just by the way like it was something that was alluded to many times throughout the film yeah they kept yeah. like different people yeah. multiple different like marianne and larry mm-hmm. and they're like just castrate him yeah and then it ended and I think, up happening did richard say that at the dinner table i can't remember I think so. but, yeah, yeah. But a bunch of people said it so it was really very much like foreshadowing that he did that so how how did you like feel when you saw him standing up and showing that he you know was bleeding well it was pretty disgusting um and i had the curiosity of like did he just cut his balls off or did he cut the whole i don't there was a lot of blood so it was a lot of blood and and i i don't know how do you come back from something like that you don't you maybe get it reattached if he even has it still you know it was so disturbing to see and it's like um i feel like how do you go through with something like that i can't even imagine i think that you have to be in just a mental state that is so beyond Mm -hmm. your normal like neurotypical mental state that you just you aren't even you are yeah. even thinking about the consequences. It's interesting because he leaves his house. He takes a knife when you leave, he leaves the house. And him and Larry, uh, when the mom is getting taken away, him and Larry share some eye contact. And it looks like he is, like, Larry is on his hit list. And uh, so when he takes a knife, you think, like, oh, he's going to kill Larry. And so it's even, it's pretty sad that he didn't get revenge by killing Larry. He, like, essentially tried to, like, kill part of himself yeah yeah and and then when larry comes up and larry's like i'm so sorry and he's apologizing for what happened and ronnie stands up and shows larry that he's castrated himself and he says like i'll be all better now and it's really sad yeah and and then larry like he says like i'll be a good boy now or something Yeah. yeah and then larry like sees it as some form of redemption for him to like save ronnie's life yeah i really i really like um larry's arc i think that it's i think it's kind of beautiful i think it's like it goes from a guy who is first of all he is despite what ronnie did the way that larry behave is behaving is so inappropriate you know he's oh yeah yeah like three in the morning with a fucking bullhorn waking all the neighbors up he's honking his horn he's stalking this guy he's um spray painting his house Yeah. yeah i mean he's it's it's like and i think this is why i like this movie so much is that 
particular part of it is a lot of moral ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Like what Ronnie did, we know is bad. So is Larry like is Larry also bad or is Larry justified in what he's doing? Yeah. I personally don't think he's justified. No, I, think I think that he's bullying him and I think he's being I think yeah, uh, it's bad what he's yeah. doing and I think I even think it was not great that he killed a kid even though it was you know, despite the conversation that we had, like he still killed a kid, right, you know, yeah. cop cops killing civilians is never like a great situation. So yeah, I do think that he's definitely um, almost worse than Ronnie when he's once he starts harassing Ronnie. Yeah. His behavior is like it's bad. It's bad. It's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. For I mean, re- exposing yourself to a minor is not okay ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super un- inappropriate and can really mess. It can really mess with the minor, but. It can really mess with the minor. That's such an understatement. Uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> it can really mess with the minor to be exposed to yes. without their consent by an older man. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, obviously, it can really fuck someone up. But I think that the level that Larry, like, because Larry strikes me as the type that if he had the chance, he would have killed Ronnie. I think so, big yeah. time. Yeah. And I think that he would have done it without even thinking about it. And he would have been like, see, I'm helping. See, I'm yeah. useful. See, I'm not a bad guy. Right. I took care of this predator who was living next to our children. I think that he, I think maybe Larry initially saw the harassment as sort of a redemption for killing the kid, but then he saw the consequences of this harassment which was made dying mm-hmm. um which she uh, seemingly already had issues but i'm sure that an immense amount of stress did not help that because yeah. she's scrubbing the word evil off of her you know like bleach scrubbing it um and so it's like so she's already dealing with a son that was in prison for two years. He's back home. She's excited that he's back home, but she knows that he's not right in the head. And now she's got this other person who's fucking like outside at three in the morning going like, I come out just a pervert. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, um, I think that when he saw that he had really messed up, that he kind of went, Oh shit, maybe I pushed this a little bit too far, you know? And I, I just think that I just really like that he went back and he checked up on Ronnie, who was probably going to die if he didn't get medical help. You yeah. know, he was probably going to bleed out. For, for sure. Yeah. And um, I'm surprised he was conscious already. There was I, so much blood. I know. And um, and then he like just I just love that he picked him up. No hesitation. There was never any doubt in his mind that I have to get help for you. I have to help you now. Mm-hmm. And, and he covered him up with the blanket. Yeah. Which I thought was nice. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, I really think that Larry had a really beautiful redemption arc. Yeah. Yeah. You know who didn't have a beautiful redemption arc? Eddie Munson. Because he never needed one. Because he was always picked up. <laughs> <laughs> Still salty. Still salty. <laughs> Always. Oh, girl, I've been salty about movies that came out like 20 years ago. I can hold a grudge like no one else. <laughs> I love my little grudges. They're like my little pets. <laughs> I think Reese Witherspoon said that in a movie. And I loved it. I never saw the movie. I don't even know what movie it is, but oh, whatever. Neither. So, would you recommend the movie? I would, now that I've seen the whole movie. Yeah, I saw the ending. I would recommend it. Good. Um, Good. Prior to this afternoon, I would have not recommended it. (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, out of sheer but anger. Then. But I, I mean, regardless of how I felt about the ending, I still liked the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, I would recommend it. I think it's definitely, it's definitely uh, a thinker. Yeah. And, uh, and, I'm glad you liked it because I had a feeling you probably would. Um, But I just thought that it would be such a good movie to discuss just Mm -hmm. because it has a lot of that moral ambiguity. And I think that's a really, that could lead to a lot of really interesting. Yeah, big time. I texted Mike while I was watching it and I was saying, you know, like, I, I said something about the movie and he said, should I read the plot synopsis? And I said, well, there's enough mystery that I'm like wondering what's going to happen. So. Don't, I don't think you should read it if you're planning on watching it yeah, before you hear the episode because it's definitely going to spoil some of the like, I agree. what's going to happen? And then after I saw the ending or what I thought was the ending, I texted him something to the effect of like, <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this movie. <laughs> Wait, did you tell him that you missed the ending? I did early. Yeah, oh, okay, I did. Okay, when I was, right like, before I came over to you, I was like, oh my gosh, I totally missed the ending. <laughs> It's. I have to say one more thing. I think it's interesting that you said that when Ronnie got the knife that you thought that he was going to go hurt Larry because I didn't even put two and two together like that. Oh, really? But I've already seen the movie. Oh, so oh, I yeah, knew it was going to happen. But I like I, I thought that it was interesting because I don't think I thought that oh, when I first saw it either. they glared at each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's clearly, Larry, like, sure. there's clearly some yeah. bad blood between them, pun intended. I mean, but if um, she died in part because of Lair- or because of Ronnie's actions she died in much bigger part because of Larry's yes, actions absolutely so, absolutely yeah. yeah um stress is a hell is a hell of a thing you mm-hmm. know um would you recommend it absolutely <laughs> i think <laughs> it's pretty clear I, uh, I do really love this movie i think it's a great film i would recommend it if if you like American Beauty, you would probably like this movie because it's got very similar vibes. Like, do you do you agree with that? That it's got kind of similar vibes to that. I think I think so. I think, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's very. It seems like it's maybe even directed by the same person almost, but it's not. But it's just very, very, very similar. So, um, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram, Watches the Movies. You can follow us at Facebook, Watches Movies, and subscribe to us on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Uh, if you like our movies and you want to recommend something to us, you can do one of two things. You actually can do a couple things. <laughs> You know what? That's what couple means. That I was means gonna, two. I was, you can do a few things. I was going to call you on it, but you did it for me. <laughs> you can either go to iTunes and you can give us five stars and you can write the name of the movie you want, or you can email us at watchersandmovies at gmail.com, or you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook, whatever you're, you know, well, that's really it. But um, that's really all we have. So, or email or uh, yes I, I send email yeah, yeah. and watch the movies All at right. gmail.com yeah you're right and thank you so much to Mike for our theme music yeah you can find him on twitter at the Mike show 42 his name is Mike Myers thank you Mike thanks Mike and I think we're done bye 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 bye